Welcome to the Herald Express Talker United Yellow Army podcast, brought to you weekly by Guy Henderson and Richard Hughes. We'll be talking about everything that you ever wanted to know about Talker United. Uh, you can find us in the Talker United channel on the Devon Live website, or you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Richard, a um, little bit downbeat this week, Richard, after the draw with Wealdstone on Tuesday, but there were reasons for that and extenuating circumstances, weren't there? Yeah, it wasn't the best performance, was it? But then it was a 1-1 draw and it was a point one, I think we can say, because it didn't look like that equaliser was going to come and we had to wait until the 91st minute. We did indeed. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later on. We'll talk about Southport and the cup draw, which sends us to Woking twice in a fortnight. We'll be yeah. up there at Woking. Um, but we'll talk a bit about Torquay's current injury crisis, the players who are missing. And um, we'll have a little chat about uh, about Tony Collins as well, the ex-Gull who went on to become the English Football League's first black manager who died this week. Um, member of the best ever Torquay United team as well. We'll be chatting about that a little bit later. But first... Uh, Gary was in, in quite subdued mood after the game on Tuesday, but he did um, he did answer some questions from Patrick Tinkler uh, up at the club. And let's have a little listen to what he had to say. Gary, a one-one draw with Wilton tonight. So what did you make of the match? Oh, of course, disappointed to uh, to draw. Um, we said that uh, the win will play a big part, and it, it did for both teams. Of course, um, you know, they've got his shot away and. Good strike, and obviously with the wind behind him, it, it shot in the back of the net. We didn't really close that down quick enough. It's uh, from our set play actually at the other end. Um, we salvaged the point in the end um, after well, having a very poor first half, but uh, a second half where we obviously peppered their box and didn't quite have enough quality. Although their goalie made a good save, it's a couple of good blocks on the line. Obviously, we got one goal. There was a lot of crosses going in. You know, so it was a lot happening. Uh, we give ourselves a bit of a go, but we just didn't have that extra guile um, to to win the game. You know, we, we had lots and lots of opportunities in the second half, but uh, shots were going over the bar and being blocked, and we couldn't get our crosses in. But um, you know, we, we we salvaged the point, so we'll look at that. Um, that was the uh, you know the team that was available to us um, because at this moment in time you know, we have got a few injuries. I know you wanted to know the team before, but um, you know so we've got to try and get a, a bigger squad back together so that you know you're not killing the same people week in week out because um, at the moment it's quite a heavy injury list. Um, we're working very hard to get. Some people back. Uh, Connor actually was uh, didn't play because of the, uh, he he got five bookings. He got his fifth booking against Sutton, so he couldn't play today. Um, and we missed a, a couple of lads who are out injured today. Yeah, we also had a shot on the hit the post as well, didn't we? Plenty of opportunities that could have gone another way, but um, you're looking for yeah. more from your team. Yeah, the lads. <laughs> But let's give it a go, second half. You know, we, we had the wind at our backs. Um, 
but then you, you've got to create good opportunities and we sort of created half opportunities that were good opportunities <laughs> before we got on the end of them, you know, where we kicked it over the bar or we didn't quite get the header. So, um, no, it's, a, it's food for thought. Um, we're going through a little bit of a, uh, a low period, if you like, as far as picking up points in the league is concerned. Um, but as I say, we you know we 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 got to wait until we get a fully fit squad and then uh, start thinking about uh, getting getting wins again. So working on Saturday, and as you say, you'll look to see what team you can put out there. But the t- the team didn't give up yet again. They showed good fight yeah. and trying to create. Um, although a little bit of composure was missing tonight. Yeah, no, I appreciate you saying that, and they did. You know, we were one 0 down, and <clears throat> from from a good goal, they didn't create too many other chances. Um, but they're the games you you've got to win if you're going to win the league, um, and if you're going to stop the opposition teams, the ones that are nearest us that have got games in hand. Um, you know, we we don't want to give them any oxygen uh, like we have today, where they see us as dropping two points because you know, not to count either. For instance, Hartlepool, you know, they've all gained three points today. So it's, um, you know, we got we got to be careful, but uh, we've got to keep going. You know, we can't uh, mess our season up for, uh, you know, a, a couple of weeks of poor league games. Um, so you know, we, we've got to get going again. We've got to get back on the bike, and uh, we need we need that bit of luck. We need that ball to go in rather than hit the post. You know, we need a. But we, we just need a little bit more quality. I like to see quality goals. And in, at the moment in the league, um, teams are coming here and, and at the moment they're feeling like they've got a chance. Whereas earlier on in the season, they was coming here not feeling necessarily they had a chance. You know by the way they're shouting and talking, etc., etc. So, you know, we've got to get that group of players on the pitch that uh, people are frightened of again. So... Wheelston game, Tuesday night, I mean, I think the consensus was that it was a point gained rather than points lost on Tuesday. I mean, Torquay worked so hard in the second half and got their reward in. The, was it the 91st or the 92nd minute? I think it was the 91st. It was 91 on the clock. I think I think we have to look at the fact that um, had Torquay scored twice in that game, we would be reflecting on it very differently. Um, yeah. Like we did when we had those um, last-minute wins, extra-time wins at the start of the season. Um, there was a... I can't remember off the top of my head who had the shot. I think it was... I can't remember. But there was there, there was um, a shot cleared off the line. Um, yeah, that was, that, that was a header, wasn't it? Cleared off the line. I can't remember who it was. Randall that hit, Randall that hit the Randall post. Randall hit the post. Um, we were all over them in the second half and, and the goal didn't come. Um, I think if the goals had come, um, fine lines, isn't it? I think we would be reflecting on the game completely differently. Now, Gary obviously wasn't uh, overjoyed by the performance <clears throat> um, and was a little bit low in the interview after the game. It took a while for him to come out and I, I understand, like me, quite a few fans... Uh, gave up on waiting for it because uh, it was quite a long time. But um, I can understand that Gary would want to be in the changing room and 
talking about what had happened and and just just you know yeah i mean it, it, it is a point after all and as, as gary says there that uh, in the interview we just heard we've got to get back on the bike i mean that's the phrase isn't it talking have got to get pick themselves up dust themselves down and and get on with it um credit to uh, billy waters as well i mean billy he scored at southport on yep. saturday and then he gets the uh, the game, the, the goal that saves the point against Wilston on Tuesday. Yep. If you watch that back on the video, what he's doing out wide there, nobody knows. I mean, it's a striker's instinct, isn't it? The ball balloons up from a shot from Asa Hall gets deflected. Yep. Nobody's expecting it to drop at that point on the far post except Billy Waters. And that's what makes a, a fox-in-the-box poacher striker, doesn't it? No, and, and, and uh, you know, Billy will get his goals. He's not Danny Wright. Um, he is there to do that job, a poacher's job, and uh, and, he, and he seems to be doing it when we need him. What we are missing, um, and we'll talk about the elephant in the room in a minute, the injuries. Um, but yeah. what 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 we are missing is, I I, I think, is Danny Wright, and um, you can't replace a player that was playing so well and scoring so many goals at the start of the season. Danny Wright's experience is key. Um, and of course, you know Andrew Nelson was was supposed to be uh, the second um, striker this season. Um, that's why Josh Amura came in, I, I think, right just before the start of the season, and and uh, and, and Louis Britton as well from Bristol City on loan. Um, we are missing key players, key players, and, Dan, and none more so than than Danny Wright. I think you're right. And it's, I actually looked at some of the numbers here, and it's not just his goals that we're missing. If you look at the in 2021 so far in the league, we've played six games, won one, drawn three, and lost two, and we've scored five goals in those six games. The previous six, we won four of those and scored 15 goals. Danny Wright only got two of them. The previous six, we won five of those and scored 16 goals. And while Danny Wright got five of those, three of them came in one game at Hartlepool and two yeah. of them came in another. Yeah. So it's not just his goals he's missing. What I'm, the point I'm making is that he scored two out of 15 uh, in the previous six games and five out of 16 in the six before that. It's the work that he does, getting defenders off guard, pulling defenders where they don't want to go, making space for other people, isn't it? That's what we're missing as much, if not more, than his actual goals. I think we underestimated the signing at the start of the season, especially because of his age, maybe. But I'm sure that uh, National League defenders looking at a team sheet and seeing Danny Wright up front uh, wouldn't like it. Um, he, no. he, is, he is a classy player. He puts himself about. He can run for his age, um, 36. Um, you know, he, he's yeah. just, just a quality player at this level. And, and anyone playing at this level wouldn't want a player like that f facing you down um, in, in, the, in the, the last third of the, the pitch. You know, the, there are a mixture of defenders in the National League. There are some experienced defenders, but a lot of them are on their way up, maybe. Yeah. And haven't really come across players like Danny Wright in, in, in no. their time in, in non-league football. And there are times when you watch him and you see that he's ended up out on the wing, he's ended up out on one of the flanks, and you think, what on earth is he doing there? But you look more closely, and he's taken a defender with him. Yeah. You know, he pulled one of those central defenders completely out of position, which creates space for 
um, for the likes of Conor Lemon Hay Evans yeah. to get in behind him. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Now you you know every every day if you were asked to write down a team sheet with of players that were fit, uh, sorry, if, if all the players were fit, it would be Danny Wright and Con- Conor Lemon Evans at the moment, wouldn't it? The, the, yeah. the, the two front men, obviously, with Lemon Evans playing in the number ten, we're struggling to do that, even with. You know, we, we no right. Uh, we were missing Lemon Evans because of his fifth booking in the uh, in the the previous league game, the Ultringham game. It's a weird one now. Bookings don't count; they only count in the competition that you're playing. For some reason, it's the rule changed, <clears throat> so he he yeah. could he could play he could play in the trophy, but he couldn't play against Wildstone after picking up the the fifth yellow card against Ultringham. Um, I wish they'd stop changing rules. I mean, Danny Wright has now missed seven league games. Significantly as well, Ben Winter has missed 12 league games now. Yep. I mean, there was a story during the rounds that uh, that we had up online last week that it was it was mentioned that Ben Winter might be quite close to a return. He might have had a game up at Southport on Saturday. Well, but, it, it, uh, it was Gary that told me. So Gary yeah. told me that he would be in in the in the. Uh, in the in the offing for uh, at least a, a place on the bench, and Gary Warren, by the way, was was a possible for for Southend yeah. when it when it happened. Neither of them were in the the squad, and neither of them were in the squad either for Wildstone. Now, um, hopefully, hopefully that doesn't mean that they've had setbacks. Well, because they were pretty close. Gary has talked about um, the injuries in. Um, on the, on the official website, that they, they, they ask fans to get uh, to get together questions to to give to Gary, and there was an hour-long piece with um, Dom doing the questioning, and Gary right at the end of that hour, Gary talks about the the um, the injury situation. There were twelve, there were eleven players injured for the Wheelstone game out of a, a squad of I've written it down somewhere. I think we've got. 28 players in our squad at the moment, which which is far more than Gary ever in, ever envisaged. Um, 11 of those were injured, and we were also missing Connor because of, so we were missing 12 out of 28 players, um, yeah. which is astonishing, really. I mean, you know that that's some hit rate, isn't it, for injuries? Um, I, I, let me list them. Let me list them. Um, I've written them down here in, in 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 order that they appear on the squad list. But Ben Winter, Liam Davis. Fraser Kerr, Gary Warren, Danny Wright, Armani Little, Andrew Nelson, Matt Buse, Dean Moxie, Aaron Nemain, Lucas Covalan. So that was the players that were unavailable because of injuries on on, on, on uh, Tuesday night. It's extraordinary, isn't it? I mean, the, the last year we had what we thought was an injury crisis. Yeah, that was uh, nothing, was it? Just before Christmas last season, and we lost a couple of games and things were wobbling a little bit and things were not going quite as we wanted them to. Uh, but that was that pales into insignificance next to the injury problems that we've got at the moment. So Gary Gary says, and I'm, uh, uh, unfortunately I didn't write down the name of the person who sent the question, I'm sorry for that, but um, it was, it, you know, there were some good questions throughout the 50-odd the minutes of the, uh, of the piece on the website. Gary says um, about Ben Winter's hamstring, he's training again, he, he, he's almost back uh, he thought he would be back but he's not quite there yet uh, bless you um, Liam Davis ankle reconstruction you alright there guy? I am mate are you yeah. on the injury list? <laughs> no I thought do you know I thought I muted my microphone then <laughs> um, 
If I appear as a cat, um, yeah. you can tell me what you think. <laughs> I am not a cat. Um, Liam Davis, ankle reconstruction. I don't think we'll see him probably until right at the end of the season, if this season at all again. Um, Danny Wright has obviously had his hamstring operation a um, couple of months, I reckon. Um, and the other one that he talked about was Andrew Nelson, knee problem, bit of floating bone after they thought it was one thing, it turned out to be another. Um, just one of those things. Um, I don't think we'll see him before the end of the season, so he might not even play for Torquay United. Um, uh, the rest of them um, are shorter-term injuries, and Gary was quite clear when he said that he doesn't really want to talk about those injuries because he doesn't want people um, from opposing teams to know how far away players are. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's completely understandable. You know, he... he if um, let's say, for example, and I'm not, I don't know anything. If Aaron Nemain is, who's missed two games now, um, who's been, you know, a, a quality player for us, dangerous player for us this season. If he's ready to play against, um, uh, oh God, who are we playing on Saturday? Woking. Okay. If he's ready to play against Woking, then then Gary doesn't want Woking to to, to know that. Um, no, I, likewise, I likewise, if Dean Moxie, who wasn't playing. If um, Armani Little, if if they were just 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 um, little knocks or bruises or whatever, then uh, and they'll be back for Woking. Gary doesn't want Woking to know that, so he's not going to tell me. He's not going to tell the fans through the official website, and so um, and I understand that some some managers do. Gary's Gary's not going to do that. No, I, I I completely get that. It doesn't help with our anxiety levels. No, though, does it? no. So I, I do understand. completely. Why? I mean, Armani Little and, in particular. And, and I will say as well, he didn't even want to say what the injuries to some players are. So, you know, we've all questioned where's Fraser Kerr, what injury is it, because nothing's been said. Well, Gary doesn't want to tell you. No, fair enough. Armani Little will be champion at the bit to play in this one, won't he, against his former club, though? Of course he will. And if Arne, Armani Little has got another problem again that 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 is you know that, that is similar to his, his recent problems that's that's terrible news isn't it but uh it is. fingers crossed that's just a short-term thing yeah. and it was interesting one of the questions that came in from the fans quite early in that thing was you know are, are you looking for a striker are you looking to bring in a striker i mean rob street uh, is is giving his all out there but he hasn't quite clicked yet i mean it's a big step up as you said last week, from playing in under twenty three football to playing in the muck and nettles of the national league, where how you're often, get kicked and pushed around. Yeah, how often do we see under twenty three players come to uh, this level and struggle? I'm not saying that yeah. Rob Street struggled; he's done all right. Uh, he could probably do with a goal, but um, how often do we see the those kind of players? And let's let, let's remember, Torquay are playing closer football to under twenty three football than most of the the teams that we'll be playing. Um, yeah. You know, pass and move, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, there's a quick tempo, but um, he's not. He's not. He's, he's not shown us that he is the rele re revelation yet, has he? Um, not yet. The, the interesting question that you were you were referring to about Danny Wright, you know, and and, and can we find another? Um, the 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 term the chap used in the question was no nonsense experienced striker. And Gary yeah. was quite quick to point out that there aren't many no-nonsense experienced strikers out there. Um, well, adding, adding to that, 
who want to move to Torquay. Yeah, that's true. He said, didn't he? It's not as easy as just picking up the no. paper and saying, yeah, let's get that lad in. No. So it's, um, yeah, I mean, it's tricky and you can understand that. And with a 28-man squad, you kind of think we could get through. But that does bring me on to one player who I thought had an excellent game on Tuesday. I, I mean, I'll confess that I'm a member of his fan club anyway. I thought Olaf Kazella had a terrific game when he came on on Tuesday. He's um, he's a stronger player than he looked last time we saw him play as well, isn't he? He's, he's put some physical strength into his game now. You beat me to that. I was going to mention Olaf. He came on in the right wing, which uh, yeah. we have seen him play in pre-season. And... Uh, I'm not the only person to have advocated giving him a, a chance on that right wing earlier in the season. I think our, our, our former colleague David Thomas has also mentioned it. Um, and, and he did really well, didn't he? I mean, a couple of crosses were really dangerous, but there was no, yeah. one, no, one, had, no one had got into the position where, where they could have uh, turned the ball in. But um, I, I thought he played really well. He looks stronger, although he was always quite strong. He looks yeah. more of an adult, um, and yeah. uh, well, of course, of course, the, the, good as well. yeah, yeah, it was. He yeah. did yeah. hold it up well. Defenders off, keeping the ball at his feet. Um, yeah, I, I say I just, I'm a fan of Olaf's anyway, but it was good to see him getting some game time, and I don't think he did his cause any harm at all. I don't know. You <laughs> just took the words right out of my mouth. Um, <laughs> I think we'll see him in the squad uh, at Woking. Yeah. I mean, I. I <laughs> If the injuries stay the same, same as they were, you could see him in the team. But, um, you know, uh, the, the problem Olaf has had is that, first of all, he couldn't get in the team because the team were playing so bloody good. Yeah. Um, that you wouldn't change it around. <clears throat> and then when the injuries come, they come at a time when uh, he had been out on loan at Dorchester, but Dorchester aren't playing anymore. Uh, so he hasn't been playing football. Um, and and I, I believe he's, you know, he's had a tough time um, as well. Uh, no need to go any further on that. As I, I don't know the details, but Gary's referred to it a couple of times and referred to it on the, web, on the question and answer session this week. Um, so let's hope that Olaf can, can grab the uh, proverbials and get out there and, and show us what he's really made of. Absolutely. And Gary said that, again, it was this time last year when we were struggling with injuries. He said it was a, an opportunity for some of the fringe players to yeah. um, to step in and, and stake a real claim. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there are opportunities to be had here, aren't there? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it'll be interesting to see that squad, won't it? Or that, that, that if, the, if it is a 16, that 16, when it's released on Saturday, uh, there'll be, yeah. you know, it'll be one of those... He, everyone will be looking out for that that tweet that tweet, won't they? When the team is announced, it's probably the Absolutely. the most eager, <laughs> eagerly awaited tweet by Torquay fans for some while. That will be. So I mean, it's Woking on Saturday. Woking away. Who on Saturday? They've, they've you know they are the uh, they are the old enemy. Quite quite a recent rivalry. This with Woking, isn't it? Woke. I don't I don't know who they are. Woking. Woking. <laughs> who are they? Yeah. I mean, it's obviously you're thinking back to the game in April 2019, yep. that fabulous three-all draw that yep. pretty much slowed up the National League South title for us. Yep. And then they came up with us as well. I mean, <clears throat> great goal by Ben Winter, that third yeah, goal. Yeah. Ben Winter will want to get out there and play on that pitch again, won't he? Yeah, absolutely. I think Ben Winter is closest, by the way. If we're going to see anyone come in from the injury list... No! 
<laughs> that was a that's, puppy that, bark. That's that's the younger dog, isn't it? That's the well. That's the older the dog has, has spotted the uh, the postman. Excuse me, I'm going to kick them out. I'll um, I'll keep talking while you're out there um, dealing with. There the we dogs go. The older dog saw the postman, barked down the down the hallway there, and uh, that set Rudy off. Um, Good man. Did you just uh, open the door and bodily hurl that dog? I threw him. I threw him like a little yeah. package. Yeah, like the postman throwing a. Understood. Understood. It's just like a cartoon in your house, isn't it? <laughs> um, well, I can't remember yeah. what I was saying. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Woking. Yes, Woking. In recent recent years, we've been pretty close with them. I mean, the record shows we've played them nineteen times. We've won six, drawn six, and they've won seven. So we could do with getting one back on that there. But they're 16th in the league at the moment, aren't they? They aren't having everything all their own way this season. It's not been a great season for them. No, they, they, um, they've lost some players, haven't they? They're, they're, not, they're not the team they were last season, I don't think. Having said that, they, they haven't always been 16th this season. They have been higher than that. And uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't take a... A gauge, I wouldn't gauge their the, the game the performance from their um, their position in the in the division. No, uh, Kane Ferdinand is their top scorer this season. He's got five. Max Kretschmar is still there. Ben Gering, of course, is back there again. He's Mark back, is he? Loan spell at Oxford City. Right. So Ben will be looking forward to Saturday. Um, goes without saying, Ben obviously a talky lad. Um, Oh, he's Plymouth lad actually, but a talky player through and through at one time, and obviously now up at Woking, give, he will give it his all. He'll be um, making life difficult for our uh, whoever plays up front for us. Can you imagine the clash between uh, Josh Umara and Ben Gering mm. on Saturday afternoon? Interesting, yeah. A, a quick word on Josh Umara as well, but before uh, before we move on, because he's the one that's likely to start again up front on, on Saturday. And Gary does say in that in that piece when he's talking about Danny Wright that. That although it's you know there are no no nonsense experienced strikers out there in our price range and in our locality that want to move to Torquay, he does believe that Josh Umara is a younger version of that, and he will yeah. get there. And he has scored a, a, a couple of goals, and he will improve. Uh, his game is still improving, and um, I, I think uh, basically uh, he's saying you know give him a chance. Yeah, well, I, I mean, looking at the last two Tuesday games, the last two home games, I thought we looked much better with Josh Umara than we looked the previous week without him. Yeah. Um, I think he brings us something up front. I mean, there was a, a there are times when you just want him to attack across a little bit more aggressively than he does, but that will come. You know, that's as you say, he's he's moving forward in the game, and and that will come into his game sooner or later but well, I, I definitely think we look better with him than we did without him I mean Josh came to the club with Danny Wright and Andrew Nelson as the first two the, the two two strikers that we thought were going to go into the season so I don't think he was brought into the club to be a solo s striker um, no. so you know uh, let's see how it goes Saturday and he does win the ball and it does stick yep. to him. That yep. Quite often on Tuesday you could see he held the ball up and laid it off, which is what you need. Um, especially with Conor Lemonhay Evans coming back into the team on Saturday. Um, that gives us another attacking option, doesn't it? And it gives you an out ball. If you're a defender looking to get rid of the ball, if you have to clear, you've got to look for somebody up front. And Josh is the kind of player that you can ping the ball in his direction with a pretty good... Uh, 
chance that he's going to get it, hold it, and lay it off to somebody. I think I think uh, Connor coming back is probably the, the best news of the of the week, isn't it? And uh, yeah, it, uh, he has been fantastic this season, and uh, yeah. we 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 have we definitely missed him on Saturday. Uh, uh, you know, what, what, uh, really, really, really like Connor at the moment. He's he's, he's the yeah. best player on the park at the moment. Yeah. yeah. A couple more things on Woking. Damon Lathrop, of course, is one of the players that we have in common yep. with Woking. Looked him up on social media. He's coaching again now. He suffered that dreadful, dreadful injury nearly three years ago now. Had an awful leg break. Um, horrific injury. Could have lost the leg at one time. He's come back from that. Uh, and judging by his presence on social media, he's coaching now. Obviously recovered well, which is great. Um, that's he, good news for everybody. He was the uh, the Torquay United expert, and I'm doing air apostrophe, uh, air uh, in quotes. The Torquay United, yeah, yeah, yeah Torquay United expert on the uh, older shot away stream, and uh, poor bloke, you know, hasn't probably hasn't looked at what Torquay have been doing over the last three or four seasons, and. Uh, um, yeah, it, it it was painful for him because they kept on grilling him about the current team, who of of course you know he, he knows little about. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, interesting to see that he, yeah. he's back coaching, uh, and and obviously, I mean, you know, he, he's retired because of that injury. But um, uh, he he seemed in a good place when he did that older shot. Yeah. Uh, apart from the fact that they were grilling him, and you know, it would have been he would have had to do two or three days worth of of. of of research to actually get some of the questions right from what they, they were asking. Bit of prep. And one interesting player who's currently in the Woking squad um, that I hadn't picked up on, a fellow by the name of Matt Jarvis. Oh, yeah. 34 years old now. Yeah. He was a £10 million player mm. um, eight or nine years ago. He moved from Wolves to West Ham. Yeah. Then he was at Norwich. He's been around about a little bit since. He's joined Woking last season. And he's coming on off the bench a lot this season. Yeah, he was a, a decent player. Out, I remember him. Skill. Yeah, I remember him well. Good player. Worth watching out for on Saturday. Um, he's unlikely to start, but every chance that he'll come on off the bench to try and make a difference to the game. Yeah, so, yeah, Matt Jarvis, decent player. And while we've got the agenda open here, Tony Collins... Um, sadly died this week at yeah. the age of 94 yeah that's some age Collins, isn't it um, he, uh, well known as the English Football League's first black manager there's been a lot about him in the press but uh, I mean people have said mentioned that he played for Torquay it doesn't really give him the credit for uh, the time that he spent at Torquay because he was part of the best ever Torquay United side the 1956-57 side that uh, lost out on promotion to what is now the championship, only on goal average to Ipswich, mm. only on the last day of the season, because Torquay drew at Crystal Palace, and Ipswich went and won at Southampton, and that took Ipswich up. And their uh, manager, yeah, Alf Ramsey, up as well. The what, sorry? And their manager, Alf Ramsey, up as well. Yeah. So, I mean, Tony Collins was a, a, a big figure for uh, Torquay United back then, and... Um, also played a part in Torquay's history in 1988 as well because he engineered the transfer of Lee Sharp from Torquay United to Manchester United. Just looking at his book here, um, it's a book called Tony Collins' Football Master Spy, which was written by Quentin Cope 
and Sarita Collins, who's his daughter. Very, very good read, this, full of football anecdotes, loads of stuff. Uh, he was Don Revy's right-hand man when Don Revy was the England manager, yep. compiling dossiers on opponents and you know all kinds of scouting skullduggery going on. And also very close to Alex Ferguson at yep. Manchester United. Was the man who yeah uh, kind of got the ball rolling with the Lee Sharp thing, didn't wasn't he? Uh, he was. But the interesting thing about that is that after the uh, the Lee Sharp thing, a lot of things were written which kind of painted the whole deal as being cloaked in mystery and skullduggery. Mm. Uh, and in the book, he actually lays out exactly what happened here. It came down to a fellow called Len Node, who was a sports writer who retired to Newton Abbott. Uh, and he called Tony Collins and said he'd been keeping an eye on this player, a uh, player by the name of Lee Sharp, 16 years old, but he looks to have something, he said. So uh, I'm done reading from the book here. Uh, Collins went down to uh, to watch a match on the Friday night. Lee Sharp was playing. He didn't do very much, but he did enough to uh, alert Tony Collins to how good he actually was. Uh, and he told Alex Ferguson he ought to see him, and he agreed. So they set off to meet Len Node. They got four tickets for the game uh, to watch uh, Torquay play. Uh, Ferguson and Archie Knox were booked into a hotel in Babacombe in different names. They met at the car uh, 10 minutes before the end of the game to discuss Lee Sharp. There was a suggestion to wait until Tuesday to see him play against Newport. But Tony Collins advised Alex Ferguson very strongly against that, the feeling being that as soon as other scouts got to see Lee Sharp in this game at Newport, uh, his uh, signature would A, have gone to somebody else and B, have cost an awful lot more. So the deal was done there and then. And of course, um, when um, when they did go and play Newport the following week, uh, Torquay scored six, and the radio reporter at the time said it had been the Lee Sharp show, <laughs> and all the other teams were lining up to um, to find out a bit more about him. But he'd already signed on the dotted line for Manchester United, thanks to Tony Collins and Mr Node in yep. Newton Abbott as well. That is the story from the horse's mouth. It's a great book, by the way. If you can get a hold of a copy, Football Master Spy, it's a very, very good read. And uh, I never met Tony Collins, but I know that our colleague David did uh, and said he was a, a fine fella to spend some time with. Loads of football stories and always happy to um, to share them with uh, other journalists. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I've spoken to David about him at length and, uh, yeah, good man, apparently, good man. Yeah, indeed. 94, so, what an age. Yeah, not bad, not bad. But, um, yeah, a lot, lot in the game. Of course, he took Rochdale to the League Cup final. He did, he Unfan did. Unfancied Rochdale. Have, have Rochdale ever been fancied? No, unfancied Rochdale, taking them to the League Cup final back in the 60s. So that was quite an achievement. Absolutely. No, and and, and uh, I know that he, he is uh, remembered, has been remembered this week as the first black manager, etc. Um, Torquay's first black player. I mean, they didn't have another one until... Uh, the 70s, um, and uh, I think really Tony Collins got a bit forgotten at Torquay United uh, in, 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 the, in, in its history, as, as, as I'm sure he did, and pioneering black players did all over the country. You, you only have to look at Plymouth Argyle. Um, and uh, yeah. uh, I can't remember the chap's name now, so that, that's my bad, but um, their, their, their black player of the 20s that was... Um, that was uh, Moses Russell, was that right? Uh, I'm going to have got that wrong. Yeah. these as well, and it's good that, uh, good that the Devon teams had a part to play 
in um, in making that happen. Yeah, I mean, for, for for younger listeners, if we if we do have any younger listeners, guy. Um, I doubt it. I uh, know. Uh, um, I. It's probably quite difficult to to understand that how a time was when, you know, there were only a few black players around. It's but it's not that long ago. No, no, it's true. True, times have changed. Moving on then to the X goals. Uh, just before we finish, one interesting one here, and this will take us on to um, a, a bit of speculation that might have been nipped in the bud by the time you listen to this podcast. But Keith Curl has parted ways with Northampton Town. Has he? From a management point of view. Oh, oh! Is, is there another vacancy around at the moment, uh, Guy? There is. Uh-huh. There are, apparently, one of the Bristol clubs is looking for a new manager. Are they? One of them with a with a Keith Cole history. Yeah, yeah, indeed. There's, the Bristol Rovers, the the, uh, the Gas, are looking for a new manager. Um, I, I, social media, talking United fans, talk about. Fearing the worst. I mean, they're all half of them are convinced that, um, that our manager is heading for a run for Bristol Rovers. I think that unlikely, to say the very least. The words, I am totally committed to where I am and where I'll be in that yeah. interview on the, the, the Talking Out website earlier on with Gary. So uh, I don't think he's going to Bristol Rovers. No, I think if, if, if either of the Bristol teams tempted him, I'm not sure it would be Rovers with no, his, um, no. his background and antecedents. But there you go. By the in way, Holloway's... Tisdale given three months there. Three mm. months. When you consider how long <coughs> uh, Exeter gave him to yeah. uh, put his project into action yeah. and create uh, the team that he did at Exeter, and fair play to him, it was a heck of a team. Um, you know, they, they invested a lot of time into Paul Tisdale, didn't they? I mean, he had. A, he, he was given. A, he was only given a year at Milton Keynes. Three months must be a slap in the face, mustn't it? Absolutely. They're talking to Ian Holloway, apparently, or is Ian Holloway talking to them? I'm not quite sure which way round it is. But, Ian, uh, Ian Holloway's always talking. He's, he's, yeah, he's available for any management job. Joey Barton has been mentioned in connection wow. with Bristol Rovers. Okay. Interesting appointment that would be. I quite like Joey Barton in a strange kind of a way. He's, um, you know, he, he's he's pretty forthright, but yeah. he gets the job done. Um, and it would to bring him into a club like that would um, certainly shake it up. Yeah. Uh, they're talking about Lee Mansell, Are they? possibly as being a you know a, an outside candidate. I mm. wonder if he would involve uh, Kevin Nicholson at all in that. Interesting. Or, the man that nobody's talking about yet, who has got management experience and um, was a part of the Bristol Rovers back uh, backroom team for a long time, of course, is Chris Hargreaves. Yeah, yeah. Um, Chris Hargreaves was being mentioned in connection with the Bristol Rovers job the, the last time, time. Yeah. last when it came up. These things are uh, interesting, aren't they? They kind of come at the right time or they don't. Maybe not mm-hmm. the right time at the moment for Chris Hargreaves or now because they uh, Obviously, the spotlight's off of him now. Um, yeah. But uh, it'd be great, wouldn't it? I, I liked Chris. I thought Chris was a, a really nice fellow. He was the manager when I when I came back to the Herald or came to the Herald Express from from my time in London. And uh, uh, yeah, uh, he was a really good bloke. Really enjoyed working with Chris. Yeah, yeah, he's a good guy. We spent a lot of time working with him because obviously we had his his blog online, which yeah. went on to be published as a book. 
Um, so we, we may be a little bit biased, but it would be great to see Chris get a break like that in management because he's obviously got a lot to give. He was manager of Torquay at a time when resources were pretty thin. And he's another one of those managers. You know, there have been two or three of them, but you wonder what they might have achieved uh, if they'd been given a bit more of a war chest to spend. Absolutely, um, absolutely. You know, in the transfer market. So I think that probably, unless you have any other business, Richard. Um, it's nice weather, isn't it? <laughs> I've been out this morning. I've been out doing old-fashioned reporting this morning. There was a fire down at Oldway Mansion this morning in the Rotunda building. Isn't so that what they're knocking down? Or they've been knocking a bit of it down, haven't they? They've been knocking the squash courts down, yeah. which are next to the Rotunda. But I had a tip-off from somebody who I think is actually one of our podcast listeners who sent me a message saying, did you know Oldway's on fire? Or did you know there was a fire at Oldway? Yeah. So um, I left my chair spinning here as I sped out the door and went to have a look at it. So I've been out in the freezing cold this morning trying to take shorthand notes with my little blue fingers. So it's quite nice to be back in the warm. Well, I've taken out the recycling this morning and that was enough for me, Guy. <laughs> Even the dogs <laughs> aren't getting a walk. We're We've got a long, long enough corridor up. and a ball. Yeah, we're looking forward to the spring. We're looking forward to the lighter evenings, the brighter days and the return of crowds to football, let's hope. Oh, doesn't that sound lovely? I'm enjoying the, watching the matches on the live stream. The live stream is top quality and we're very yeah. grateful to have it. But uh, there's no substitute for actually being there, is there? No, there's not. And uh, obviously we're not attending at the moment either because of COVID restrictions. Um, it's, you know, it, it's what it is. We're, we're, we're all in this together. We've got to sort it all out. You know, uh, there was too much mixing going on, in my opinion. And uh, so let, let's take our time and get it, get, get it right this time. And then, and then we can all enjoy real life again and football and pubs and, and you know, all, all, everything that goes with, with, with living. Excellent. Thank you for listening. This has yeah. been the Jockey United Yellow Army podcast. Next week, we'll be talking about an away game at Woking. We'll be looking forward to a televised game. We'll we'll be talking about yeah we'll be talking about two away games at Woking. We will we will that's very true. Thanks for your time and as ever, come, come on, on you yellows. yellows.